This episode of this Focused Practical Dreamer's Journey is brought to you by Energy Healer Jean Borders' Personal Powerful Transformation Program. Know you're leaving money on the table, but can't figure out how to bring it in? Need to double your productivity and profitability? Need an extra push to get things moving in the right direction? Visit www.focusedpracticaldreamer.com slash transformation now and apply for a business consultation with Jean. Welcome to the Focused Practical Dreamer's Journey, where we take out your emotional baggage and heal your emotional body so you get to enjoy the success you desire and deserve. Prepare to feel a sense of relief and empowerment as we get rid of the baggage you've been carrying that's held up your business success up until now. Be sure to visit our website at www.focusedpracticaldreamer.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, lean in, get comfortable, and prepare to take off. Hello, everyone. This is Jean Border, your host for the Focus Practical Dreamer's Journey podcast. I have a special guest with me here today, like always. Um, this one's really cool. We're going to talk about magnetism. This is Jessica Osborne, and she's with us all the way from the other side of the planet in Australia. Hello, Jessica. How are you? Hello, Jean. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm thrilled that you're here. I, I We were talking before we started recording, and I was in her country just half a year ago. It's such a cool place to be. So many things to see. I was there for a month and didn't get to see everything. So maybe I'll get out of there. It's just the flight is so long. <laughs> Much easier well, walking this way. <laughs> that's why I have to come for a decent amount of time and um, and have a have a good holiday. There's so many places to go and explore. So and they're so cool to do. People are so friendly. I mean the 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 views are magnificent. I it I just love mm-hmm. it. Anyway. Today, we're talking about magnetism. So, Jessica, talk to me a little bit about where you started your business from and where you are today and how magnetism plays a role in that. Mm, that's a big question. So, <laughs> I started my business back in 2017. Um, this is actually my second business, I should say, because I always forget the first one. The first one I started in 2010 feels like an absolute age ago. Um but I always had that sort of dream of, of getting out of the corporate life and having my own business. Um, I was head of marketing and communications for a listed firm. Um, you know, so I had a really great career and I'd been working in marketing since 1998. So now I'm really showing my age. <laughs> but um, I, I think I always had that drive to do my own thing and you know really as we all do the freedom the flexibility that comes with being able to be your own boss and and choose how you want to work so that was sort of the beginning um of this business in 2017 I had my second child I was actually in hospital after giving birth and that's when I went right I'm doing it right now because if I don't then I'll have another baby and I'll go back to work and when will I ever start a business so I thought (laughs) Got a bit of time at home with the baby and my toddler. And for some reason, I thought I'd try to be super mum and do everything uh, at the same time. So that's where it began. And, um, you know, obviously leveraging my experience, I decided I would coach um, other females, other mums in particular, who were starting a business or, you know, had been in business a while, but were finding it hard to find the right clients, find that, you know, they were struggling to really make that business dream work for them. You know, I think so many people feel like it can be so easy and you see so many success stories, but then when you start out, it can be just so difficult to think, well, how do I even attract clients? How do I get in front of them? And so many people give up on that dream. And I really felt like, well, I want to help, you know, I'm I'm doing this and I get it and I want to help people who have less experience than me or who, who are just struggling to see from the outside. I think, you know, that's the other challenge. I interestingly work with so many marketers, um, but it's so hard to look at your own business, isn't it? When you're you're on the inside looking out, it's so much easier 
when you have somebody on the outside looking in to say, well, hey, here's here's the easy way. Here's here's some obvious things that we can do um, to make it easier and, and really help you stand out and attract the right clients. So that's where really this magnetism comes in because the thing that I found is that as a marketer, like I have done everything in terms of marketing activities over my career. But when I reflected back, um, especially starting this business, I thought it's not about any one particular thing. It's actually about the the piece behind it, the invisible stuff in the strategy that I've seen some companies that I'm, I worked for, you know, we created incredible, insane growth really quickly. Like I took a startup IT firm from zero to a billion dollar company in less than five years. You know, it was amazing. And the one difference was attracting the right clients. You know, the sales team would come and say, hey, we have the easiest job ever because by the time we're talking to someone, they already know who we are, what we do, and they already want to work with us. So it's literally like a transaction. And I was like, yes, exactly. That's what we're doing in marketing. Um, You know, maybe they hadn't worked anywhere like that before, but it was about creating that really strong presence of this is who we are and what we do and who we do it for and not trying to be someone for everyone, not trying to kind of be open to everything and bring it all in. And this is exactly the same place I find most new entrepreneurs um, get stuck because they're like, I just need clients. I need any clients. I'm not too fussy. I just want to have money coming in the door. And yes, 100%, we all do that. We all get it, right? The the thing that's counterintuitive is that in order to do that faster and easier and better, it's actually about getting specific and not being someone for everybody, but getting really clear on who you are for. And that creates a magnetic pull because suddenly there's like, well, if we talk in terms of the universe and the energy, I think you're out there. You are actually able to connect and attract those people because you've been specific about who it is. If you're not specific, you know, imagine that you're out there and you're just floating around thinking, where are these clients? You know, walk down any main street, any shopping mall and think, well, it's like you're there standing there on the street with all these people around you shopping. No one's paying any attention to you. It's exactly the same thing that's happening in your business. And until you decide to stand on your soapbox and say, this is what I do, this is who I help. And suddenly people are like, oh, I can hear you. Oh, I can see you. Um, And so we're doing that same thing in the strategy. But I'm using that analogy. It doesn't mean that you have to stand on the soapbox and be shouty. It just means that you've got to get specific. (laughs) And that is so true. It is so hard. Let let me rephrase. It can be so Hmm. hard for people just starting in business because they know they can help. I'll use the energy field since you brought that up. They know they can help anybody, you know. Uh-huh. You you change the mindset. You change the beliefs. You change everything, right? Yeah. But mm-hmm. if you say, oh, yes, I can help you. Well, how can you help me? Well, you know, everybody's different. So now I'm going to have to have a different story for everybody I talk to, right? And so exactly. having, mm-hmm. talking to everybody is very different than talking to one person. Uh-huh. one type of person, right? Yeah, mm, exactly. And, and that is so hard sometimes to rein ourselves in and talk to a specific person. So they think, oh, that person is speaking directly to me, not to everyone. Yes. They're speaking directly to me. They know my problems. They know my desires. Maybe they do know how to help me. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, there's there's so many, you know, examples of this because you just think you have people, you think, well, I can help somebody with marketing. You might think, well, that's specific because it's not legal. It's not accounting. And, you know, I had the same challenge. I'd worked in so many businesses, you know, 20 years in corporate I had. So you think there's so many different types of people that you could help. And I can help them with anything. I could help an online business with their online shopping, you know, so many different things. But it was like, right, I've actually got to decide where my sweet spot is. So it's not about who I can help and who I can't help. It's like, who can I help best, right? Who is, who am I really, who's going to get the absolute highest value from me where I can deliver to them incredible results, not just results. And that takes, 
looking in. And what I see often happens is people are looking out to try to figure out what that is. They're like, well, I'm looking at the market. I'm trying to assess who else is out there and what everyone's doing so that I can go out there and do something different. And so they're kind of trying to make decisions based on where they logically think they should be. But the, you know, I call this the difference between the external and the internal. The thing is, the beautiful thing is that when we ignore the external and actually look within, you can find these answers really quickly. You can delve down, you can find your highest value, find that place that you're going to be able to really shine and go out there and do it, regardless of what other people are doing, because it actually doesn't matter what they're doing. You know, where you have your highest value is where you will shine the brightest. You know, that is where your strength, your power, your magnetism, your energy comes from. And the sooner you dial into that, the easier and better it is. And so that's really like the first step to it is is getting that clarity and getting clear. Um, you know, I mentioned before when I started, I made all sorts of mistakes. Even though I knew a lot of this, I still got, um, you know, what's the word, diverted, you know, shiny object syndrome. Oh, somebody would come to me and say, can you help me with you know, my business. And they might not have been exactly who was the right fit, but of course, being you, I thought, sure, (laughs) I can help you because you've asked me to. Um, You know, online shops, I'd had an online shop with my first business. So I sort of was dabbling here and there. And you asked me, you know, what changed for me? It was when I decided that it was okay to say no to some people. And to get even more clear and specific to to actually say, right, I'm going to coach people on their strategy of how they're going to connect the, the core pieces of their marketing strategy so that they attract clients consistently, so that they are clear on who they are being to the market. They've got something that those people want and they've got a system to bring them in. That's my zone. And I only work with service provider businesses and, you know, coaches or they might offer marketing services. So there's a very defined space. As soon as I did that, everything shifted and changed almost immediately to a new level where I was attracting in exactly those people who fit the profile and they were getting amazing results. And so it was so interesting because it's scary and hard to do that at times. And you think, but I'm leaving people out. I'm leaving money on the table. Oh, you know, there's all of the the fear and the panic. <laughs> what will happen if I, if I just say this and I'm not talking to these other people anymore? But I found that actually it just helped me attract more of those ones who I'd identified as being the best fit for me. And so it actually was the best thing in the world for my business. And, you know, this story is almost I could pick it up and say the same things happen for my clients. I can be very tough with them. I'm like, we need to get specific. and <laughs> We get specific. As soon as they do, you know, they it's incredible. They're like, I've just booked three VIP days this week. You know, people have just appeared and they've come to me. I'm like, I know that's what happens when, when you do this work, that is what happens. And it's interesting, you know, just how much a difference it does make. And I think this is something you can't understand it until you really experience it, but you have to kind of trust in the process that it it works because it works over and over and over again. And and you just see the evidence and the success stories that are amazing. And it sounds so easy when you say it, but when a, when someone is just starting out and they don't have a lot of cash flowing in, but they have a lot of expenses going out to grow their business, mm. it can be so difficult mentally yes. to think, no, I'm going to ignore this whole part of the population when I'm mm-hmm. getting so much money from all of these, and I'm going to focus on this little pool right here, when I could be getting so much money from all of these. That can yes. be difficult internally. Yeah, but let's talk to that money side for a moment, because here's the other thing that um, is not always thought of, but when you do dial in that specialty, and that's, you know, I'm talking about your expertise here. So, People can call it many things. You know, sometimes it's your niche. Sometimes it's your specialization. It is being specific in your expertise is what I'm talking about. So that to me is not just who, it's also what, you know, it's being really clear on what you do, who you do it for, and even your way of doing it. Um, But when you do get clear on it, what happens is you become a specialist. 
And who do you think earns more or charges more for their work? Someone who's a generalist or someone who's a specialist? And you only need to look in your existing life who the people are that you go to for any kind of service, you know, whether it's medical services, whether it's educational, doesn't matter what type of service, right? We all have the health ones come to mind because it's so easy to compare. You know, you've got your general dentist and then you've got your specialists and you've got the surgeons, you know, keep on going up that specialty layer and you'll find the ones who are the most specialized, they're the ones who are earning the most. So it is really, again, our our lizard's brain is trying to keep us safe by saying, you know, we need to stay open, we need to because that's how you'll be able to earn more money because we've grown up with this idea that the more things that we do, and I think this is, you know, I'm now explaining a little bit before I talk, dive into that, but I think that we've been trained to through our education and how we were brought up and, and through work, the more skilled you are as an employee, often the more valuable you are, right? So people start out in jobs and then you start building skills and training in more different things and becoming, um, you know, adding stuff to your CV, which in that realm has always been perceived as while well, you're, you're becoming a more valuable employee because you've got more skills, you've learned more things. But when we take that into business and we're trying to show this amazing CV of all these different skills that you have or programs that you use and all of that stuff, it's bamboozling to your clients they're like well I don't know really you know I don't need all of that stuff you know they're looking for something specific they're then having to search through <laughs> your haystack of you know skills and expertise to find the thing that's relevant for them and I'm thinking is that really what they're good at or is it just something they've stuck down because it's something they can do and as somebody who is hiring a person to help them you don't want the person who just can do it or have done it before and therefore pay me to do it for you. You know, you really want someone who knows what they're doing, who's got the skills and expertise. So it's almost detrimental to be listing all the things that you can do. You know, I can make cookies. Should I put that down? Like, hey, I can share a recipe with you if you like. But, you know, I mean, and I'm making that sound ridiculous, but it is actually what a lot of people are doing in business. They're thinking the more things that I have to offer, the more chance I have of being higher. And that's Unfortunately, you know, really counterintuitive is not the way that the market works. You know, we are wanting to hire people who are really good at what they do because unless you're bringing in someone to be an intern, and I'm not sure that you started your business to be an intern, <laughs> but unless you're bringing in someone to be an intern and you want to train them up, um, you know, you want to be, you're hiring someone who has the expertise because they're hiring you because it's faster and easier for them to hire you than it is for them to do it themselves. So they don't want you to be training on the job unless they've specifically said, I want someone that, without it and we're going to train and do this together. So just to add that little caveat in there, but otherwise you will actually have more propensity to earn higher income when you specialize. And that's kind of the other part of, for me, I, I don't think I really mentioned before, you know, it's not just about attracting clients and having a business. For me, because as I said, I, I started mine when I had my second child. Um, for me, business is so much about the freedom that you have in your life. And my freedom looks like working no more than 20 hours a week. You know, absolutely, that would be the maximum. I wanted to work only within sort of school hours, be able to have loads of time to take my kids to sports, to enjoy this time in our life that you never get back again, you know. And that's the same as so many other women who are mothers or mothers-to-be, you know, you want that flexibility. So why would we create a business where you've got to work 60 hours a week to earn a decent amount of money. You know, we actually want to be earning that money in far less hours than what you would have currently been doing. And the best way to do that is by, you know, really dialing in your strategy so that you have this expertise, so that your offering is aligned to it, and so that your marketing system is also aligned to that, so that you can bring the right people in. And, you know, the magnetism really happens when we're connecting those pieces together. We have alignment happening um, because it's not just about being specific. We've also got to be, you know, be doing something to help bring them in, right? Um, but the, the beautiful thing about it, the earning piece, is that you can actually have a high-income business, you know, 
six figures, multiple six figures in part-time hours when you are brave enough to to take on this piece and actually, you know, really get specific and clear on what you what you're doing in the market. So let's let's move into different levels of offering. Mm-hmm. Sure. Talk to me about that because it's not just high income. People have to get used to you, right? So maybe you have very low offers that people can take advantage of to get to know you, to begin to like yes. and feel that they are in alignment with the way you think, the way you talk, the way you present the offers that you have on the table. Yes, I love that you've asked this question because it, it is like if you imagine that you have a, a service model where all roads are leading to Rome. So you have a goal in mind that is sort of your primary offering. And if you are an expert, an, ex- an expert actually is defined as someone who has skills or knowledge. So it's not that you are the expert in the world. It's not that you have a million degrees in whatever it is or qualifications. It's actually defined as having knowledge, skills, experience in a certain area. So if you have expertise, you're almost doing yourself a disservice to be um, undervaluing it, let's say. So it's not that you, I'm saying you should only have high ticket services, but you would have them priced appropriately for what it is that you are offering. So one-to-one services where where most of my clients um, primarily are in the one-to-one space and then they might have some um, digital products or some group programs that, that we add in. But what I get them to focus on is aligning their offerings together so that there's a flow and there's a model where People are coming in at a certain point, but there's a goal in mind. So your primary offering is potentially one where that this is the the core piece of your business. This is where all the roads are leading to. And yes, like you said, you can have a lower priced item as a lovely little stepping point, an entry point in where somebody can come in and experience a bit of what it's like, and then you're moving them towards your other offering. Now, it might sound, well, that makes a lot of sense and really logical, but what I find is that it's not always how people in, are intuitively building their business, and especially in the services space. They often are having many different offerings, but they're all separate. And what that means is that there's duplicate systems, processes, all of the back-end admin in order to run these separate offerings. And they're thinking about it as more different offerings mean more different ways for people to come in. But when we bring this together into sort of a streamlined model, um, yes, people can enter at different levels of your model based on where they're at. So somebody might be like, well, I'm ready to come straight in at your primary offering. Other people might be, I just want to take a smaller step in because they might not be ready for that yet. So that's more about their readiness as opposed to you just having lots of different options, if you know what I mean. So bringing that together, that is, again, for me, you've got multiple offerings um, and income streams, but they're all flowing together and actually increases your revenue and profit because you don't need as many new people when you're bringing them into a model where there's flow between the offerings. They either come in from the bottom, sometimes they come in from the top and they end up in the middle. There's, there is a journey with them once they're in your business and that reduces actually the, the amount of time you need to spend marketing. So here I am a person who it does marketing and obviously that's what I coach people and then I'm always telling them you can do less marketing if you get this stuff sorted you know it's actually about doing a little bit of work in the in the background in in that strategic piece you know understanding how your services will fit together what are we actually promoting what is the thing that we're drawing people in with and then what are the stuff that you have some things behind the scenes that maybe people don't know about on the front end, but once they're in, then you have other offerings for it. There's so many really great ways that you can create, um, you know, easy revenue and profit. Um, I think when you're looking at that, how it's all fitting together and definitely from that, your ideal customer's point of view. So who are they? Where are they coming in? What are they ready for? How can you get them ready for your main offering? All of this is very interesting to me because 
I am not a marketer. I built my entire business from, well, I'm going to say 95% from referrals. This mm-hmm. person told that person, told that person, told, you know, and my business grew that way, just organically. And yes. now when people talk about, you know, their their email list, that's not something I'd ever focused on. I am beginning that process because I see the value in it in certain okay. certain things. Um, but for me, my marketing strategy, if you will, part of the beginnings of it is this podcast. People can get to know me, right? Yes. How I think, mm-hmm. what I believe, how I work, how I interact with people. So for me, I really enjoy the podcast space. Yes, the marketing. And this is, you know? Exactly. It's really great. And and I have a podcast as well. Um, you know, and when I look at my I'm I don't know if everybody can see us, but I have my hands in a triangle. So I like to think of my my business in a triangle shape because at the bottom you have obviously the widest it has the most people in it and also either low cost or free. And so the podcast is right down the bottom. This is a free platform that, you know, you're offering value on. And as you go up the triangle, you're going less people, but higher pricing. So when you get to the top, the pinnacle, that is obviously your most premium offering, which you would usually be doing for the smallest amount of people because it's, um, you know, being premium, it's probably going to be the most highly intensive of your time. So that's kind of how I simplify that down. And and a podcast is a fantastic mechanism to have as your free content. You know, other people choose things like a Facebook group or something like that that they run, which is a way for people to come in and experience a bit of them. Um, You know, I think it's all about finding what is the right fit for you. And that's the other piece is, you know, when we get into, so I mentioned there's sort of parts of your strategy that you want aligned and your traffic, aka your marketing system, is a component that needs alignment with your offerings because we want to be using the right sort of activities that are going to bring in the right people for our offers and alignment to who it is that we're we're obviously trying to attract. But then there's alignment within the activities as well. So you think, all right, I've got this podcast. Well, how does that connect for them with the next piece? Now, where do they go from here? So you might have um, something that you offer to them on the podcast that is on value that they might subscribe for. And so we move them one step into the email list. And then from the email list, then there's another step to whatever your next step is for them, whether it's to have a call or to, you know, maybe there's a, a low price program or course or something like that that you might offer as a next step. So it's just about connecting the dots for people. Um, And I love that, you know, you mentioned referral because service-based businesses, a lot of people start their business with referrals and, and build a really successful business with referrals. And I often talk to this in a lot of my trainings. Um, I have a training that I was going to share with your audience um, that's on my website called The Five Keys to Clients on Tap. And I talk about in there the different um, ways that we can attract clients. There's find, there's attract, and there's receive. And so referrals are in what I call the receive category, where they're coming in from other people. You're really not doing a lot of, you know, you're not going out to find them and you're not actually doing activity to attract either. You're kind of quite passive in terms of that energy. They're coming in and I, they're, they're fantastic. When you can, they can be challenging as well as being absolutely golden. And I wanted to talk to that a little bit because they're, while they are fantastic, the best way to have really great referrals is still to do this strategic work so that you're really clear on what it is that you do and who you do it for. So that people who are out there thinking, I might refer someone to Jean, they know exactly who's the right person to refer to you. Because the challenge with referrals when it's just open, and usually this is where people start out and they like get so frustrated, is they're getting referrals that are probably are quite random. You know, oh, someone needs some help with marketing. I know someone who does marketing. Go and talk to Jess. And so you get people coming in with all sorts of crazy requests. And what generally happens is those people think, I need to, I need to, um, you know, create an offer for them or a, a price for them and a proposal and take on all these different clients. And so people who get 
uh, driven, their business mainly driven by referrals and aren't, uh, haven't created their own structure or strategy in who it is that they're for, can find themselves sort of odd jobbing, you know, over here doing one thing, over here doing another thing. And that creates actually a lot of unpaid admin time. So uh, what we'd call unbillable time in the back end um, because there's so much customization going on. So while it's great that you're getting clients without really having to do any work, there's often a limit where you can get to with your business. And to move beyond that, it's actually about getting the, you know, sitting down and going, right, let's actually create a bit of a marketing strategy about who it is, who you are, what you do in the market, what is your messaging, even if you're still going to get referrals in, you're going to now get better referrals of a better quality. And you'll also be able to sort of say no to some of the ones that aren't the best quality, which by the way, it opens up the space for the ones who are the good fit to come in. So we, that's where we want to move to. But by doing that, you'll automatically, organically start to attract your own clients in. And, and this is really where I talk to people who have a high referral base for their business at the moment is you, right now your, your client attraction is in the hands of other people. So you have, if you're relying on referrals and you don't have your own flow of clients in that you can kind of turn on or off or, or do something with yourself, then you're very reliant on something external that you have no control over, which is fine when it's working. And when it's not, that's where we get a whole feast and famine. You know, people talk about the feast and famine of referrals. Suddenly one month there's five and then the next month there's none. And, you know, you don't know when they're coming. You don't know when they're not coming. So it's, it can, it can be like that. So think when you know you can move into a place where you're able to um have a nice flow or you know you've got a list of people waiting for your services and, and that can work well once you're at that point but I always think have that but make it like the cherry on top I'm getting these referrals in from other people but I've also got my own um lead attraction piece that's happening so that I'm attracting my own clients in and then I'm getting the referrals from people as well. And I think the two of them together, beautiful, because you've got some that you, you're doing a little bit of marketing to attract and you've got some that you're not really doing anything and other people are referring to you, which is amazing. The bit that I mentioned just really briefly and I haven't spoken about is the find. And this is where I try to move people away from. So where they are actually actively going out to find clients, meaning um, scrolling Facebook groups, searching for leads, DMing people, cold DMing, cold emailing, um, any sort of outbound outreach um, where you are literally hunting clients down <laughs> to, to get them. That is like, it works. So I'm not going to say never do it. And hey, if you need to, fine. But this is not a business strategy that's sustainable. If you want a business that is flexible, that has you know, if you love the idea of working part-time and having, you know, six-figure, multi-six-figure income, then doing that repetitive um, activity that is non-leveraged is actually taking so much of your time. Because think about it, each person that you research and reach out to, if they don't respond or they say no, that time is gone. It, it's not then leveraged for the next person. You have to do that activity over and over and over again. And right, the stats that I've seen are that this has a conversion rate of 1% on average, which means that you'd have to contact 99 people to get one yes. So it's probably 99 people to get one response even back. <laughs> and this is not just a stat that's on the internet. I've asked people who contact me, is that, you know, they've sent me a, an email or a DM and I've often gone back and forth. I really want to help this person and say, this isn't the best way to get clients. How, how often do people respond to you? And they're like, oh, you know, usually one in 50 or one in a hundred. And I'm like, exactly. So what are you doing? Like, does that not show you that there's a better way? And just by putting that same energy into creating something that can attract people to you, you spend that same one hour creating something that exists like this podcast episode <laughs> and it is it exists and it, the more of those you create it's like you're building this beautiful spider's web you know each thread each little bit you create is building a bigger and bigger and bigger web and you can attract more and more and more people in 
So that time is leveraged because we create this podcast episode once. It can be heard by one person or a thousand people or a hundred thousand people. And it's the same amount of energy and effort that we've put in. This is where we're talking leveraged time. And this is where it's smarter activity to be doing than something totally non-leveraged, which is your outreach. <laughs> so while, you know, I just, I love to kind of talk to that. I don't want to whatsoever criticize anyone for doing it because I know there may be times that that like, I just need to have someone <laughs> and that's absolutely fine. It's just not a, a, an ongoing business strategy that's super sustainable. So, you know, just I always say caution with that. And is there something that we could do that would actually bring in more people for that same amount of time that you're spending? I was just discussing recently um, the whole concept of what you were just talking about. I I'm not a Facebook person. I very rarely get on it. I do get on it occasionally. I have to almost force myself. Mm. But it's a, I use it as a way to keep in touch with family, when, especially when I'm out of the country. I'll just post something, you know, every day so they know I'm okay. That's really what it comes down to. But I do post a lot on LinkedIn. Now, anytime I get a, a connection request, I can look at the title of the person and know if they're going to immediately shoot me a, I do this. Don't you want this in your business? Let's get in a call immediately. I don't know. I don't know how you do business. I don't know what your values are. Why would you think that that's a good idea, right? There is no communication between us. There is no level of trust between us. Why would I put my business in your hands? Exactly. I can, I can pull somebody off the street and say, here. Go being responsible for all my social media posts. What I love is that a logical thought process. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I can tell you just by the title of yes. the person, if I'm going to get mashed with this cold offer, you know, I'm like a lot. Most of them I ignore. Sometimes I just say, you know, politely say no thanks. Um, yeah. But mm -hmm. that is such a, it's an energy killer. It is. As soon as I as see that, I'm like, another one? You know, I don't want to say no to the connection because, you know, they might get something out of my podcast because I, I, you know, I post occasionally that oh, this week we've got a new guest talking about marketing strategies, right? And magnetism, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, they might get something useful. They might listen to this and say, ooh, my strategy wasn't great, right? Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So there's that. And I probably will put that on on the, the little blurb on this one because that's a, a really good hint that they should listen. But mm -hmm. something else we were talking about when you were talking about referrals, right? And how we can get stuck in a trap with people that um, may not even, I'm going to say may not be long-term clients. In the energy world, I mentor other healers as well, right? That's, that's part of what I do. That's whole the whole specialization part, right? Um, yes, I help younger people with with less experience. They may maybe older people, but younger in the business, right? Um, but I've had to tell someone, you know, sometimes when you get a new client who refers all their friends, and then that path seems to dry up. Sometimes I think of us as like the flavor of the month, you know the. Everybody, oh, let me tell all my friends. And then the next shiny yeah. object comes up and they all move over to here. And you're like, yes. where did everyone go? <laughs> so that is a fact of life in the business. You know, when you've got someone who really likes what you do and they tell all your friends about it, but then they find something else, you know, and they yeah, it's like in your restaurant. Like, yeah. you know, I've been to a great restaurant. You tell everybody in the first like week or two and then. You forget about it. And, and then you go to another good restaurant and that's yeah. the one you talk about. <laughs> so that is a fact of, of life with Ruf. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's 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 good just to take stock of, well, you know, one of the things that I like to get people to do is actually just sit down and, and figure out, well, what percentage of my clients come from each of these three avenues? You know, how many do I go out and find, um, you know, at, even people, you know, in Facebook groups, find, you know, search for people who are looking for someone and then pitch themselves in the comments. You know, that is a find activity. Um, so how many are coming from find? How many are coming from referrals? How many are you receiving? How many are you attracting yourself? You know, they're coming directly to you. And 
attracting even can be they have found you because that the, them doing the effort, right? So they've found you on Google or on the internet um, without, you know, it doesn't have to be a piece of marketing such as a podcast, but the more pieces that you have out there, the more ability they have to find you, I always say. So, um, you know, it's interesting when you just sit down for a minute and think, well, what is my percentage, you know, because it just gives you that moment of clarity of to be like, oh, interesting. And I've had people who come through my training sort of say, wow, I didn't realize like 90% of mine, are, you know, find or 90% are, are receive referrals. And so what we want to do is be shifting that percentage into the attract zone so much more so that you've got something that you're in control of. You've got that stability with the attract and, and you know, there's always, you've usually by then got uh, people that you can reach out to if you're like, hey, you know, it's kind of got a bit quiet or it's going to be quiet next month. You can put something out because you've got people to put it out to. And the trouble is when that happens, when you're, you know, relied on referrals or if you're doing the find is if you're going out there to do outreach, you've just got to do more outreach. Well, how much time are you going to spend doing that? You know, if you're already doing it all day and it's not working, or you're just going to keep on adding more and more and more time and sleep never, you know, it's just not viable, especially if you have children, if you've got, you know, any kind of life that you want to live, maybe you like to exercise and, and do things that keep you happy as a human. You know, it's, it's just not a sustainable way to, to do it. And, and obviously with referrals, you could potentially reach out to your referral network if you, and say, hey, I'm, you know, I've got some space, um, but you, you're, they're not in control either unless they're talking to someone or knowing someone who has that need. So that's kind of a bit of hope. <laughs> I'd call that like the hoping, oh, I hope they've got someone for me. Um, whereas, you know, we really want to be having something that you know, well, I've got a group of people here who are, you know, the right fit. I've got an audience that is curated by me because I've attracted them in based on what I do and what I talk about. And anytime I want to grow my business or fill a gap, I can put out an offer to them and, you know, and, and have some people put up their hands for it. So that's where we want to shift into um, because it takes away so much of the stress and pressure, doesn't it? And like you say, the beauty about it, and you mentioned this already with people who are doing the cold outreach, you know, the big difference, what they don't have that you do have when you're doing the attract methods is they don't have any credibility, no authority. Like you said, you don't know them from a bar of soap. It's like somebody's turned up on your doorstep, knocked on your front door of the house and said, hey, I don't think you're doing a very good job with, you know, the way that you've decorated your house. Let me come in and do some things. And you'd be like, well, who are you? Like some random person who's walked off the street. You know, you have no idea who they are. They've just turned up and they're telling you that they can do something for you. That was pretty offensive as well. Like the amount, I don't think people realize just, you think that you're reaching out a hand to help someone, but they have not said that they need your help. You know, if you are making the first contact, if you're saying I can help you, that is rude on a scale of quite high proportions to that person because you're basically telling them that you as a stranger can see that they need help or you're so arrogant that you think that you, you know better than them. You know nothing about them. They have not asked you for help. They've not said that they need help. Whereas when you have an audience, you're inviting people to join your audience you know, with their track methods. You're putting something out there. You're inviting people. Subscribe to the podcast, you know, here, I've got something free for you. Would you like to join my email list? They are choosing to take that step. They are choosing to join your list. They might choose to unsubscribe. Fine, that's great because they're probably not the right person for you. But the ones who stay on it are choosing to stay on it. So it's all their choice. And when you then make an offer or an invitation for something else, a paid offering, they will choose to take that next step to you. So it's always their choice. You're never going out to them saying, you can't do this or you need this or you know and telling them that they're doing something wrong or that they need something and that to me is a major difference that not many people are so present to we might see people who are putting out you know saying oh well I've got clients by posting in Facebook groups or by you know putting up my hand and um, replying to comments yes but there's like that that person still has to go through a process of discovering who you are and getting thinking do you have the authority do you have the credibility are you the right person because no one is going to buy from you unless that is the box that you're ticking and so 
so much easier and faster when you create this authority, you create your credibility, they come to you and they already see it and are present to it right from the beginning. Um, and, and that is, you know, we're talking about magnetism here. You know, this is what it is behind the scenes. This is where that energetic magnetism comes from because somebody you know, maybe they do get referred to you or they find you online, they will, they will suss you out. <laughs> they will check you out. They will be thinking, is, is this person the right fit for me? And if you're not clear on who it is that you're working for, they don't know how to tick that box that you're the right fit for them. So this is why it all comes back to that. Because if they're not seeing their boxes being ticked, then they're back, back to Google search. They're back to wherever they were before floating back off into the universe and they might have been the right fit for you so by not getting specific you're really doing yourself and them a disservice because they're not able to make that next step forward with you so if i'm gonna make an assumption and <laughs> feel free to jump in and tell me no you missed something <laughs> the first step that a small business owner solopreneur someone moving into that space should take when they're looking at how to become known is who do they want to be known by? Yes. Who's, who do they want to find them? What is their ideal client? Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a, you know, a framework that, that I use for this, but in, in really simple terms, the very first step, I like to call the who, the what. And then the why you, but if you just start with the who and the what, you can, you know, basically take a big leap forward um, past a lot of people. Most people don't even get this far. <laughs> so they tend to stay in that place where they've started a business, but they really like they've created a job for themselves, like a freelancer out there, just taking on whatever works that will come their way. So if you want to move out of that place or you want to start a business and actually be like, right, I want to really get that momentum happening right from the beginning. And, and be attracting clients that are really good and great fit for me, then defining who and defining what. So who meaning, who is it? Who are you actually there for? Who is the best fit for you? And now I want to speak because I know you said that, you know, especially, you know, it might be an energy healer who you work with. You might be thinking, well, everybody has energy and most people need healing. So I can help anybody, right? I've heard that so often, <laughs> so often. But are they? But are they? Because, you know, you might be at your family, you might have been at Thanksgiving just last, you know, this we're recording this just after Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, just think back to wherever you were last at a gathering and there would have been people there who you would have been looking at thinking, gosh, you really need some help. I can tell that you need some healing. There's all sorts of stuff going on there. And they are blind to it, right? They're not even open to hearing about that. They've got like about 10 different steps that they'd have to go through to be in the place where they're even listening to you, even interested in doing it. And then they've got to take the step forward to work with you. So while they might need it, they're not your ideal customer. Because when we're in business, you know, it's about attracting in the people who already want what you offer. And that already is so important. This is the word that most people forget. <laughs> already want. They want it already. And then sell them what you've got. Like that's it. It's a, it is as easy as that. And so many business owners are so busy trying to convince people who need what they, what they do. Trying to convince them that they want it. But there's some people who are never going to want it, even though they need it so badly, you know. And so we've just got to go, well, I've, I've got a big heart. I would love to help these people. I can see that they need it. And sometimes we've just got to go, you know what? If they're not ready, if they're not wanting it, then there's not much I can do for them. Like they need to have something that happens that shifts them into a place of have interest or wanting. And if you're talking to people who are totally oblivious, that is you're on the longest, hardest path to get them to turn into a client because they've got to go through all these stages of awareness first. So the easiest one is to think who already wants it, who already wants it and who has an actual, they are already thinking, 
I need this. I think that this is what I need to solve this problem. They're in that zone. They're aware. They're aware of their problem. They're aware of probably what it is or have a notion that they might not have ever had it done before, but they've they've got some awareness that there's something there and it's not going to sound foreign to them when you say, great, well, this is how I can help you. They'll be like, sounds amazing. Let's do it, right? So that who is important. Um, and, you know, when you're thinking about it, there's not just the fact that they um, already want it, but who's the right fit for you? And so here's something just to share with you a little bit of, you know, one of the things I work with my clients on I love to give them the analogy of like, imagine you own a nail salon, you know, you do pedicures and manicures. Now, every person walking past your salon has feet. Do you want every pair of feet that is on the street right now to walk into your salon, take their shoes off and say, can you please scrub my feet and do my nails? Now, I'm sure that the man walking past with the gnarly toenails and the, you know, cracked feet and, and heels he might really, really need your services, but that's maybe not the person whose feet you want to walk into your cellar. You might want the lady who looks after her feet, but actually is due for a bit of a pedicure. You know, think about it that way because it's almost exactly the same in any business. There'll be so many people who they might, they might want it, they might need it, but they may not be the right fit for you because you might not vibe with them they might not have the same like you mentioned values they might not just be on that same playing field as you and you know and the connection is so important when you're in a service-based business we're not selling a product it's not like here's a coffee mug this is the price buy it done you know a service is a human to human connection and interaction and even if it's business to business you're still humans in a business and so there has to be a really good connection there and so think about that more deeply, you know, and there's so many layers that, that we go through that we can ask questions to uncover that. I like to think like peeling the layers of an onion. We want to peel back all those bitter layers and get to that sweet center. That is your who. And then you combine it with the what. And the reason why these two things go together is often the what also depends a bit on the who and the who depends a bit on the what, right? So we need to be starting to define both and then pairing them up to see is there alignment here and is this matching because if your who and your what have a disconnect then there won't be a sale happening you know people it's not going to be the right fit for them your offering isn't going to be the right fit for the who so we need to have a connection there happening i when i left my 36-year career, which was in a totally different field than energy work, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I think I mentioned earlier, I set it up with the premise that the right client would find me at the right time. I don't want to work with the client who is skeptical about energy work. That's not my mission, to educate them on how it works and why it works. Now, I have websites with scientific studies that I, I'm happy to forward to people, but yeah. that's that's mm -hmm. not where... I want to spend my time. I want to work exactly. with the person who's ready to work, who understands the value of this, and maybe they're mm -hmm. just lost and don't know how to get their business from where where it is yes. to where they always thought it would be, but it's just not, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so with my referrals, because I've set my intention that way, that's what I get, right? And I really enjoy working with small business owners, which is why the podcast is the, the combination of my previous yeah. career, you know, all the experience from the leadership positions and this other totally different field of energy work. But they're combined. It's a very specific group of people that I that that are drawn to me. Right. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So it's, exactly. But you have to. Know, and here's another part to this. And it's not anything you mentioned. And it may be counter, but I'm going to say it anyway. You make the decision that this is your group now. It doesn't have to be your same group in 20 years. You can change your market or you can mm -hmm. add a different division of your company, if you will, that focuses on yes. a different market and has different language addressed towards different people with different offers. Chances are they're going to be very similar, but different, right? Mm -hmm. 
a month. Sort of how my business. I'm glad that you said that because people have definitely got worried about getting stuck in a box. You know, that's one of the challenges or the the pushbacks that I get when we're like, right, let's get specific on on your niche, and they're like, but I I like variety and I don't want to get stuck in a box. And I'm like, okay, you're never stuck um, at all. You know this. The thing is, you're in control, you're in charge. If you find that, wow, what I've defined here, and then you start working with people and you think, I'm not sure if I'm really in the right spot, guess what? You can shift. And it's probably not a huge shift. It's not like you've got to change everything. You might tweak it. And, you know, I think that you're always, and business is a living thing, right? It evolves with you, just like we're, as humans, we're all evolving. And so you will become more aware and, and more in tune with well, this is more of what I want. And what was it about that that I want more of? So I believe it's a continual process of refinement. Um, we just have to start off with the de- defining at the beginning, like define it, then refine it as you go. And and like you say, you, you might you might evolve into a slightly different direction. You might even get more specific. That sometimes happens as well. You know, we start off with a, a certain definition and even get more specific. And I've had clients who kind of went, well, I can't make it down to one. And they went, I'll, I'll have three. And so that was as low as we could get them to. Three different ideal customers, three different sort of offerings. And they tried that for about six months and then decided, actually, they're just going to focus on one. <laughs> Because the main thing is when you have the multiples, it, it's it's doubling or tripling however many times, you know, you've got a different, a totally different market, different offering, you're, you're duplicating your workload. So can be done. And, you know, you see big corporations, banks, obviously a huge one that does that. They've got all these different products, all these different people at different stages, but they have thousands and thousands and thousands of people working for them, <laughs> you know, hundreds of thousands. Um, so when we are a small business, you want to be a lean business, you know, you want to have a high profit margin, which is totally possible. It's kind of about going, you can do that, but where is the sweet spot? Where is the bit where you want to play? And maybe you want to test out a few and then choose one. It's up to you. You're the boss, right? Um, it's just about knowing that more, you know, less is often more in business. So more doesn't equal more profit or more clients, more sometimes equals less. And when you do less, it equals more. So it's like that counterintuitive thing. Um, So your logical brain will always be trying to steer you onto that path of um, safety and thinking it's better to have fingers and more pies or, you know, all of these different things going on. And and just to now that we've had, you know, if you're still listening, you obviously have been hearing this conversation, but now you can be present to that thought and catch it and think, well, is that actually true? It might sound logical, but any time that that's happening, that's your, that's your fear and your lizard brain sort of trying to keep you safe. Um, and unfortunately, it's, it's going to send you off down the hard way to, to getting somewhere. Um, there is an easy way, which is just keeping it more simple. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to healers because that's that's a lot of my focus, right? Because I can mentor other healers. But when they're first starting out, especially those going through certifications, they have to work with a multitude of people. And so they get almost stuck in that idea. Oh, I can help this person and that person and this person. So that's going to be my business model. Well, it, it's very, it can be challenging to get them to focus on one thing just for now. Like for me, yeah. the energy work got rid of my migraines. So for a while, I focused on migraines, but I decided I didn't want to live there, right? Yeah. So I shifted to something else. And then I shifted, I worked with animals, but I don't want to live there, you know? So there are all these things I can do, and I still do. There's nothing that says that whatever you focus on, you have to totally get rid of if, if an old client comes to you or if a current client comes to you and says, you know, but but my dog is having problems. Can you work on my dog? Well, that's your client. Work on the dog, right? <laughs> There's nothing that says you cannot help mm. in that way. It's just that yeah. your marketing focus needs to be clear yeah. on what your goal is now. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So for me, it's working with business owners. I love that. And that's what's coming to me, right? That's what's organically coming to me and mm-hmm. the podcasting space, right? Yes. That doesn't preclude you from anything 
that you feel led to do to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just and this is, make sure yeah. you, that you keep your goal in mind and that you're always moving towards your goal. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And and the, the specificity that you get when you define it, it, it just helps more people who are a closer fit to that to, you know, notice you and to choose you. But our world is not black and white. You know, when we try to define something, there is no such thing as someone being like, I'm, yes, I am that, or no, I'm not that, unless they're at the outer peripherals, right? I like to think it's all shades of gray. So, you know, you've mentioned there's business owners and that's broad. There's so many different types of business owners and, you know, there's so many layers within that. And, and so you can define that in or you can define it out. There'll be people who go, well, I'm not a business owner, but I work in a business <laughs> and I have that same thing that you're talking about. So there'll be people who maybe don't even identify 100% or close to you with what you've defined who will still reach out to you. And the proof of this is um, for many years when I began it, you know, I, I very clearly said I work with women. It was all over my website and I still had men reach out to me, you know, it did not matter that I that I had that everywhere and it wasn't that I was necessarily saying you know I did work with some men and do it's more that there's a right fit for them and it's more that I have chosen to focus on women so that's who I mostly attract so to be 98% women there's like 2% men and and that's absolutely fine um it doesn't you know, it doesn't preclude them from not contacting me. I think that that's a fear people have, like you said, of, of going, well, if I'm only speaking to people with migraines, then no one else will contact me. Well, that's not true. What it is is helping create a bit of definition around who you are mostly wanting to attract. And, and at that time, you're like, well, I've just been through healing from migraines, so I know I can help you. And that's a really beautiful place to be in. But like you said, you don't have to stay there. You can evolve into new places and, and you're bringing with you, you're not starting afresh because you're bringing all of that with you and now you've just got a different focus point of, of how you're using your energy work for a new um, audience. So you know, that was a beautiful example of how you could evolve, whereas you're still doing the same thing. You're just doing it with different groups of people um, and shifting your focus. Unfortunately, we're getting close to the end of our time. Yes. However, you mentioned that you have a free gift that our listeners could be interested in about keys to moving forward. Can you talk to them about that just a little bit? Sure. So I, I've put together um, a, a short online training. It's available on my website. It's called Five Keys to Clients on Tap. And I'm really talking all about going into greater detail, I guess, on what these components are that we put together that create that magnetism so that you have clients on tap and and not just any client, but I like to help you attract the right ones in. So that training uh, you can get on my website. Um, You can dive into it. It's only like an hour or so long. So um, really great use of your time. Uh, So it's jessicaosborne.com slash TMF which stands for the magnetic factor. (laughs) Cool. Thank you so much. It has been a really interesting conversation. Um, I want to let the listeners know and the people who are watching the the video part of this, down below there are links with her website and how you can find her all over social media. Fantastic. I want to thank you again for being with me. This was such an interesting conversation. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Jean. It's been a really wonderful chat and um, I've enjoyed it a lot. So thank you. Do you have any final thoughts for our listeners or are you complete? Well, there have been so many. Um, I think that it's probably just about, you know, when you're thinking, should I do this? Shouldn't I? You know, the world is so busy. There's so many people who are coming into the business space, um, you know, who are already in it. You can feel like it's so crowded. You know, is there even room for me? Well, what that means is there's always room. There's so many different people who are starting businesses as humans. I think like to think the market is almost unlimited um, for you. But because we have so many people, the best way to play is by having a voice and by having a voice means, you know, really 
saying, right, I am going to do this, but I am going to kind of step into my expertise and talk to something specific because that is the way to get seen and heard and be remembered. You know, people know who to send you if they're going to refer someone to you. They know who to send to you and, and what for. So I think I really just wanted to leave you with that is a crowded market isn't a reason not to do it. It's just a reason to be specific um, and there's more and more people entering the online space all the time. It's not a bad thing. There's more than enough to go around for everybody and will continue to be because we've got more new businesses. We've got more people who are you know, becoming aware of energy and, and all of these things. It, it, I think it's beautiful. It's all growing um, and it's just, you know, be specific. That is that is the, the key, I think. So um, that's really what I wanted to leave you with today. Cool. So on that note, We'll say goodbye for now. This mm -hmm. is Jean Border, your host of the Focus Practical Dreamer 30 podcast. And I'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Focused Practical Dreamer's Journey, where we take out your emotional baggage and heal your emotional body so you get to enjoy the success you desire and deserve. Remember to visit our website at www.focusedpracticaldreamer.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Focused Practical Dreamer's Journey.